excited. Yes. Hi, this is Michelle. And this is Gail. Welcome to Fridays I'm in Love, Mondays I Post Podcast, and... Tonight we're talking about rent, because we just saw rent last night for the very first time, even though we are gay theater geeks and were in our late 20s when it actually went to off-Broadway. Um, but we remember at the time we were watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Michelle's youngest brother. So, um... We saw the Fox version. We, saw we the haven't Fox seen the original lot. yet, although we probably will go back and see if yes. we can track it down. Yeah, it isn't on Netflix anymore, which is kind of a shame. Um, but, yeah, we saw the Fox almost live version. <laughs> um, we will talk about that in a bit. Um, but the show itself, we had been avoiding it pretty much. Yeah, we had a mental block because I think... I thought it was a remake of Les Mis, so I thought it was French people dying in misery. <laughs> and also, we just generally don't like the newer kind of musicals because so many of them are the <sighs> Andrew, Andrew Lloyd, Lloyd Webber. <clears throat> and uh, Phantom of the Opera and Cats. And, Although uh, I will admit it was cool when a friend of mine in college had seen Starlight Express in London and was explaining about all the roller skating, but still, I wouldn't want to have heard the music. No, because <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber is just, ugh. Yeah, it all sounds really the same. So it really, really does. The modern musical, we kind of tap, I kind of tap out right around the 60s when musicals got kind of political. Yeah. <laughs> Where the Grease Paint Smell of the Crowd, which no one's ever heard of, but is a really good musical, <laughs> Um, is like the last... That's right around the era when I kind of tap out in Camelot and those... Mm-hmm. Early 60s, yeah. yeah. But Rent is just an entirely different feel than any other musical I've seen. Really? really. Yeah. I mean, because you got the modern part, and it's not Fan of the Opera. It's... Yeah, it didn't sound Broadway. It didn't... I mean, so many... now. Oh. That's true. It didn't sound like so many of, like, uh, Wicked yeah. or those. Yeah, they completely lacked that set down center stage and... And sing as high as you possibly can. <laughs> and Yeah, that's for, true. For an entire song instead of just, like, hitting the one really great high note in the entire musical. I mean, that's, that's the thing. There's so many of these musicals that are out there right now are just completely unsingable if you're not a first soprano. Oh, that's an interesting thought. I think of them more as very staged. It's like very posed. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, every... It, the, well, Wicked is a good thing. We we haven't really we have seen Wicked because we've... No, uh, but I think I've heard some of it. Yeah. And, you know, we've heard Kristen Chenoweth and just don't like that. <laughs> yeah, well, it also does seem very... I mean, I've seen... We've seen um, some adaptations that they've done in local theaters and it, they, everybody's got the Broadway voice and there's the right. Broadway feel and there's the Broadway $400 ticket and it's just and Rent seemed so much more alive than that it seemed so much more in the moment and it literally seemed like it it, it didn't seem like it was only on the stage it seemed like they could have been doing this in the cafes they were in or on the streets mm-hmm. it felt like really real yeah which Hardly anything in 
the theater does a lot of the time. Well, okay, not anything, but like so yeah, many of the Broadway. Like okay, so many Broadway, <laughs> so many current Broadway musicals. It seems. I spend Don't a lot of time trying theater. to make theater spontaneous, so I take offense at that. And so do a lot of other people. Yes, okay. But the Broadway musicals are, uh, they're like, they're, a different they're animal. shiny. Yeah. They're like the, they're like the thrill rides at Disney. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the larger musicals, like, even, like, The Lion King, you know, they're, they're designed to be spectacle, not, and there's other musicals that we haven't seen, like, once, which was a piano and, like, two singers, I mm-hmm. think. And, you know, there's some more intimate musicals right too that have a different take but a lot of the bigger broadway things which rent probably would have would qualify which the fox production of rent would certainly have qualified for i don't know about the original off-broadway production i think it well of course it didn't have the sound stage yeah but i believe the the production was much the same in the there was the scaffolding and Uh there was the Live the band that you could see, yeah. And scaffolding is really cool on the set. We went to see Marisol at Villanova, and this set was scaffolding, and it was mm-hmm. amazing. And it's something that I would really love to work with sometime because it gives you so many levels, especially with rent. They had the band or the orchestra up on the scaffolding, and mm-hmm. they had the dancers up there, and there was percussion happening with the drummers actually and beating on, on the, the scaffolding, scaffolding. And, and that yeah. was so cool. That was really cool, yeah. And the, the very first number in rent was like that that was incredible yeah it really encompassed the entire you got a neighborhood feel you got the yeah. sense of traveling through and all these people and, and and the people that you see again and again and again yeah even if they're the ensemble and they're playing different parts but you still see them and you there it does feel like a neighborhood yes yeah, yeah. so tldr there um we saw rent on Fox, it was awesome. Oh, I wasn't actually thinking about it. And Gail said, you want to see Rent? I don't know why you thought about it. But uh, actually, I heard an interview with Brennan Hunt, who played Roger, Roger. Um, on NPR. The day before it was on, apparently that was taped before he broke his foot <laughs> and didn't make it on uh, they, and caused the whole live okay. show not to happen. The the show was not the the Fox Live thing they've done musicals and I we've seen I've seen Grease Gail did and then we saw because I was working yeah um and we saw the one with Julianne Hough which I can't remember I don't remember yeah and um it wasn't Footloose was it was it yeah it was no. I we've think I didn't see them. yeah okay well I watched them Gail doesn't I have to work at night Grease was very good um. So the premise is that they take a musical and they reboot. Carly Rae Jepsen was really good in Greece. Vanessa Hudgens was really good in Greece, and she's also in Rent. And Jordan Fisher was also, also in Greece and, and Rent, Rent too. Um, the the Fox live musicals. They're doing really well, but mm-hmm. this one turned out not to be live because the dude playing Roger broke his heel bone. It turns out. Um, during the dress rehearsal. During the dress rehearsal. And so they had recorded the dress rehearsal. So what most of what you saw was the dress rehearsal while the um, performers sang the songs and did some of the choreography for a live audience there. And then the last 10 minutes of the Fox broadcast on oh, the, the day. The last act. The last bit was live. Yeah, the whole last act was live. And 
the the Brendan Todd, the actor, was stayed stationary during the last with his leg up. With his leg up. Yeah. yeah, and they brought back the original cast too. At the very for, end, at the, for very the last end. ten minutes. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, Kristen Burt. Um, I've mentioned her before in another podcast. She does a show called "To the Point" about dance issues, dish, dance issues, and we just listened to her episode that had Robert Rodin on. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Burt was actually at the dress rehearsal, and he, Robert Rodin is it was in one of the ensemble. Apparently, the ensemble there was no audition. They were handpicked by the choreographer mm-hmm. Sonia Tanya. And there were 14 of them, which is apparently the largest ensemble a production of Rent has ever had. Yeah. And, I mean, the dancing was amazing. It really was. <laughs> uh, La Vie Bohème. Wow. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that was going on. And all the way, even the, like, we really perked up. The first number was pretty good. But mm-hmm. what when we really got invested was um, the Tango Maureen. <laughs> which was amazing wow the duet and the um the dancing was just incredible yeah yeah jordan fisher and oh shoot i suddenly blocked on her name okay um we're gonna look that up yeah because that was amazing and that's one of the things we were discussing because i got more interested in watching rent when i heard vanessa hudgens was in it because i'm a big vanessa hudgens fan and honestly i think she should be in more movies including action movies um so people who are in charge of that sort of thing get on that Action movies without too much blood or gore, though, so I can actually right. go see them because I'm a major wimp. Um, but that got me more interested, and we were kind of surprised, or we were because we knew nothing about the plot. It yeah, was we so... didn't know. We uh, we have just blocked out rent so much that we didn't know the plot. We didn't know the songs. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know anything, and anything. it's so rare because usually in theaters and stuff, I'm on like the play reading committee, so I know the plot of everything, and then I do stuff like Shakespeare, and everybody knows the plot of Shakespeare. Although it really is kind of fascinating to um talk to people who like walk into Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet and don't know how it ends. Um, yeah, it, that's <laughs> just amazing. Yeah. Uh, on a segue, Kiersey Clemens is the woman Clemens. who played Joanne. Yeah. Yeah, every, all the the Tango Maureen and the number between her and Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, take Me or Leave Me. Take Me or Leave Me. Those were real highlights. Yeah, they really were. Because it's it's, it's, it was a really good balance of amazing ensemble numbers mm-hmm. and um, also some smaller moments between so many of... Well, it's basically the story of three couples. Right. Um, and spoilers probably coming up. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you like us who didn't know the plot event and yeah and, and to, to the point where we were sitting here saying how how are they going to finish this how much longer is it how yeah we didn't uh, even what, know how long we went in completely completely knowing nothing at all yeah um which was a and it was so much more awesome than i expected yeah it really really was i was not expecting to enjoy it and be so moved by some of the songs yeah i wasn't expecting to cry yeah there was one song i was crying i didn't even know why i was crying and then gail said um what was her name oh what is her name keely keela keela um settle keela settle and gail said her voice is beautiful and i said oh that's why i'm crying but the emotion that the actors and the singers and the dancers carried through i mean they were really Really in character. Yeah, really. So much, <laughs> yeah, so much in character and so much alive. 
Yes. You know, it's kind of fascinating. This, I mean, it's a really well-structured play from a... Mm-hmm. So much. I always think that things are excellent when the end echoes the beginning. Mm-hmm. And Rent really rocked. <laughs> really, really did. I mean, um, and the, even in terms of revisiting the songs, I mean, mm-hmm. there was not a, a song just didn't happen. And then it went away. The song happened. Relationships happened. Life happened. Then the song came back in a different way. Yeah. Much like the lives had progressed. It, the structure was fascinating because the first half of the show was basically one night. And then the second half of the show was a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it worked because there are nights like that when there's one night and so one day or one night in your life when so much happens. And there can be many, several of these nights, but, you know, it just sticks out for either the people or the mm-hmm. situation or what happens. Mm-hmm. And then the And then the second act was the rest of the year and they just kind of... Went through a lot, but it was all connected. Yeah, it all, it all was connected to that one night. Yeah, that it all first really night. flowed. Yeah, it did really flow so well. You can really see why Vent has become this touchstone for so many theater people. Yeah, um, or so, so many young people. So many young people, so many theater people, so many gay people. So many creatives, yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, because if anyone out there doesn't know, like, we we kind of knew, but um, Vent is set in 1991 and 92 in the East Village in New York among a bunch of people who are mostly HIV positive, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the issues uh, Mark has is he feels uh, the Jordan Fisher character. He's also mm-hmm. filming all of this, right. um, which is adding another layer, mm-hmm. is his filming all of this. And it's also about the commitment to art rather than the commitment to business and the differences between art and business because the the most of the main characters are trying to stay in the building that their friend who's got money has promised them he they won't get evicted from but he's decided to evict them so they can pressure Maureen who's a performance artist who's protesting on behalf of the homeless Mm -hmm. and that's all it's all coming to a riot point yeah because there is a riot there is (laughs) and they don't show the riot no they talk about it yeah and how glorious it is that there they there's a riot yeah, it's which is interesting to think of revisiting rent now because we are once again in a position where homeless people, I mean, there's they're sending in robots to deal with homeless people and putting spikes mm-hmm. on benches and um HIV is being handled better, but now there's people who are dying because they can't have insulin and once again it seems like I mean, part of what mm-hmm. rent is is to live every day in the face of dying is what Jonathan Larson. Mhm was writing it about and so once again it seems like we are at a point societally where there's so much going on out there that's trying to crush love and hope and art and to wake up every day and create and dance and sing is an act of resistance literally Mm -hmm. and an act of joy and an act of humanity and and to be able to do that in the company of your friends and loved ones and your fellow 
neighbors, neighbors. It's, I mean, it was a neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, is one of the most human of acts and the only way to get out of this situation <laughs> any or to heal on a personal and a societal level. Yeah. So um, it really resonates now, <laughs> once again. Once again, yeah. Is it the same way that it resonated in the 90s? Yeah. Which, which is amazing that there's a, a, a play and a musical and a story that can that can do that, can jump ahead 20 years and be so relevant. Well, or it's, in some way. Well, no, but I mean it touches on a lot of human truths. Well, it touches on a lot of constants, like right. the battle between art and com. I mean that's been around for freaking ever as mm-hmm. long as there's been and love and um giving into hedonism, you know, giving mm-hmm. in to pleasure how an angel we, we didn't talk about angel we should have talked about angel we were talking about the performances because right um the the first number angel when angel came out it was kind of annoying because the audience was screaming yeah the audience was kind lyrics. of annoying you couldn't hear the singers sometimes because the audience was screaming or the music the background music was too loud which is one of the perils of live performance yeah um but uh, v- valentina Yes. Yeah. Um. She just strode. Yes. And I mean, really seized the stage. Yeah. And I mean that that story. The story of Angel and Collins. Tom Collins. Yeah. I know that because it's a drink. (laughs) So it makes it easy to remember. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. The finding. The the her. Her story is the joy of caring for other people. And that was one of my favorite moments. Okay, this is a massive spoiler. So if you're going to watch Rent, don't listen for a couple of minutes. (laughs) Well, she dies. I knew there was someone who died and it was Angel. um, But at the funeral, Maureen, who's like this huge narcissist, pretty Mm -hmm. much. A performance artist. The the performance art stuff was the, the... the cow over the moon number <laughs> was I thought it would be ludicrous, but somehow it worked. It was ludicrous, but it, it, also, worked. Worked. it also worked. It was wow. But so um that Maureen had a moment where she said that, you know, Angel was more talented than all of us, which was mm-hmm. a surprising, really one of the more surprising moments. One of, yeah, one of Maureen's few human, human moments. moments. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought she had a bunch of them. I mean, the duet between her and Joanne, it was really the take me as I... Take me or leave me, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was... She was her, and it... Yeah. If you fall in love with Maureen for being Maureen, how can you ask Maureen not not to to flirt with people and not to be Maureen? Mm -hmm. That was a really good number. We were having this interesting (laughs) conversation because uh, we haven't talked about Mimi yet, and Mimi's actually... A really vibrant character who deserves a better storyline than have two guys fighting over her. Yeah. I mean, for all of the good in it, it's still got the usual problem. Now they call it the manic pixie girl problem mm-hmm. where a dude has to have a girl go through horrible things or has to meet a girl to, you know, fulfill, do his art well. Yeah, to fulfill <laughs> his own artistic vision, he has to have a woman who 
has gone through horrible things. Or inspires him, yeah. And and so, honestly, Roger was not my favorite character because of that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was just whiny emo rock musician dude is not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Mimi was... I mean, the number with the candle, that was a good number. That was a good number. Yeah, like my candle. Yeah, and that was a good flirt number. Mm-hmm. And the don't get between me and my guitar and then the here's me and my guitar. But, you know, she, I was going to be got over it and done if they had actually killed her at the end. And But we were having this conversation because the dudes are sitting in their apartment and don't go out. And at the end, they're once again sitting in their apartment and don't go out. And she's apparently been freezing in a freaking park. Mm-hmm. Homeless because she's a drug addict, and he mm-hmm. Roger left for Santa Fe and then couldn't leave and came back and wrote his one song, which I think was a metaphor for so many things. But it just compared to the rest of it, it seemed like the most least important of the stories. It really did. Whereas I think Jonathan Larson might have thought it was the most important of the stories, but but it didn't. The problem there was that Mimi was reduced to someone who was lending her life for another person's artistic vision. She didn't have her own story. Yeah, everybody else seemed to have a story, and the women, or and even the or the people in touch touch with channeling femininity were the people who were allowed to care. Yeah. <laughs> so it was Maureen and Joanne who bought her out of the park and not the dude sitting watching themselves on video. Mm-hmm. Or on film. Actually, it was film, film at that point. And, you know, Angel cared for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, the... I was talking about how Take Me or Leave Me was kind of... Maureen and Joanne, neither of them willing to compromise. It's like on themselves it's like the part their relationship problem was that neither of them was willing to be quote unquote the girl mm-hmm. <laughs> and compromise and compromise yeah. so i mean from that aspect mimi deserved her own arc it seemed like everybody else had a real story arc and mm-hmm. her arc was choose between dudes yeah it seemed and to it be. never really happened yeah or... and and yeah it didn't so, I mean, the performance was excellent. The character seemed so much bigger than the she man. Was a, yeah, <laughs> but she wasn't allowed her own story. Yeah, so I, I kind of... Anyway, so, yeah, that was the one aspect that didn't actually work for me. Mm-hmm. Is this possibly a good time? Yeah, this is a good time to pause. We're going to pause here briefly, or keep talking, because I... <laughs> Because we did. But, yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back. Hey, and we're back. We were debating what to start up again with, but since we were talking about Roger and Mimi, one of the things that I find frustrating about stories like that is pretty much encapsulated by the I Should Tell You song. Mm-hmm. Which the... went through several revisions. Yeah. And... I mean, that kind of worked. That actually did really work at the end, if it weren't for the yes. fact that she was... I thought she was dead when he was singing it at mm-hmm. the end. Um, so I was getting a little annoyed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the whole point of... Part of the point of Ren, I think, is how fragile life is. Mm-hmm. And that's going back to the whole AIDS conversation and 
Um, but, and I should tell you is, you should tell people. Yeah. <laughs> don't, you don't, don't have wait. to write them a fancy song. You don't have to wait. Just tell people things. Be honest. Be true. Be real. Yes. I mean, just tell people. I mean, I'm a very impatient person, as mm-hmm. you probably have realized, and so I just tell people things mm-hmm. um, when I figure them out, actually. And I mean, and I know there's a lot of people with a lot of doubt, and that's like Brokeback Mountain, which we have huge fights over, yes. um, because Gail likes it and I hate it. Because <laughs> one, I don't like, Gail gets more catharsis out of tragedy than I do. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. I I think that having a tragic ending doesn't make a love story any less of a love <sighs> story. Yeah. And I think it's a disaster. <laughs> well, I think it was just stupid not to... St- what the frick is the point of standing for... St- having someone stare forlornly at your sh- jacket or shirt? I mean, that's not a love story that's... That's only half of it. Or maybe not even half. Just tell the girl or the dude. Uh, yes, I get Or whoever. Yeah, or whoever, or them, or... I mean, or just tell yourself. <laughs> but it gets really frustrating for me when, you know, the whole thing... There's the whole angsty thing, and oh, I was in love, but I never... <laughs> Brokeback Mountain isn't as bad, because at least they had a relationship. Mm-hmm. But there are some things where, oh... Kissing Jessica Stein is even worse because Gail doesn't like it and I do because they break up and mm-hmm. I think they break. Oh, that's but this Why is, is that even. Worse? It's not even. It's not. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't of, have that same. Yeah. No, it does. It's not the same point at all. Which no. is yeah, fools rush in and so. Cyrano do I. de Bergerac. Cyrano is, de Bergerac is, is the ultimate. Yeah, that's of, true. Of that sort of thing. Where you're in love with the girl, and you don't tell her. Until you die. Until you die. Which is just dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to want to do Cyrano de Bergerac because it was funny, and I probably thought it was dramatic, and then I actually... No, you just wanted to play with swords. <laughs> That's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it just just tell the girl, or the guy, or them, or... Just tell people things. Don't say... I. Anyway, I know relationships are much more complex, but I am a blunt instrument in a world of non-blunt instruments. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so, yes, Mimi was seemed like a character caged. And maybe that was also the point. Maybe. But it seems like just another thing where that where the woman is serving someone else's story instead of her own. Yes. And this is why more women should write their own stories. And, mm, and why more people should see and read women's stories. Yeah, why people should... Well, people should write stories where girls are cool. <laughs> because they are. Yeah. And not just tragedy or not just victims. Or We're really looking forward to Captain Marvel because oh, that yeah. seems entirely where girls are cool. But yeah, girls don't have to be victims. They don't have to be tragic. They don't have to be damaged to be heroes. Mm-hmm. They can just be cool and powerful and, heroes. And, and fun. And I want more comedies where nothing bad happens. I want 
we're doing the importance of being earnest and it's just silly and it's such a gift to be giving silly to the world. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I have actors who are willing to work on silly. Yes. Um, and it's really nice to bring people laughter. But then I watched Rent and thought, you know, it's also really nice to have people who are willing to touch on the darker things mm-hmm. and to bring back feelings and we need both in this world but we can have both in this world without having to start off with the premise that your female characters have to be damaged in some way or die or die (laughs) yeah um one of the things with um i should i should tell you is that it, it was taking place in this world where like we said before, I mean, both of these characters were HIV positive, which in 91, 92 was, did mean, you know, you were going to die sooner rather than later. Yeah. And to put something off, I think that that is a lot of Larson's message there. Putting off love is something you can't afford to do because you don't know if you have tomorrow. You know, today yeah. is the One day. day. <laughs> One, yeah. You know, you know, and there was a group that kind of, those scenes were kind of truncated, it seemed to me. Yeah. Because there was just a group and you never really got to know anything about the people. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple who got to, you know, mention their T-cell counts and how hard they were have they were having to deal with fear and Mm -hmm. I kind of those always went by a bit fast for me they did but they did those seemed very real because at that time you know people were watching their t-cells and they were saying you know they have to take was AZT AZT and at no one was sure exactly the right time every yeah. day how much it would how if it how if well it, it would, would work, work or, or what was yeah what yeah. was going to happen and yeah and then there was um, there was older. this <laughs> there was this um, really touching song period well to skip over yours but the one where everyone was singing about how they wanted to retain their dignity. And yes. That, I mean, that was... That was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And then we come to the real heartbreaking moment, which I think is about the best 30 seconds of theater I've ever, yes. ever seen, which is when Angel died, because you had three relationships basically breaking up at the same time, mm-hmm. and all they said was two words, and English is an amazing language, and it's powerful part of its power is that you can say so much with inflection Mm -hmm. um it's not like chinese where inflection is part of the meaning of the word inflection is this extra layer you get to put on it and so the way those three couples each said it's over i mean it was a shattering moment and it really brought to the point that there was one of them who was in it completely a thousand percent and the other two couples were at a much they had less still had their ego yeah i mean they weren't 
They weren't they all were, men. They weren't. The other two couples were still two people. And not a and couple. And not a couple. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of fascinating just the... How, like, Maureen and Joanne would just break up and they couldn't stay away from each other. Right. And, and Roger and Mimi never really seemed to be together. together. Yeah. And but then, there, then was, there was Angel and Collins and they, they were, were exactly what each other needed. Yes. Um, it exactly was very then. tender. Their song, the, yeah, they, they just took care of each other and they didn't demand anything from, except for a thousand kisses. Yes. That was a very nice song. That was, that was, it they, was, yeah. Oswald Gale <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to talk and cry at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah but the, 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 the moment when, when Angel's dying, it was... You, that's when you realize that she really was the heart of the whole thing. And she really was. All the other characters were thrown off by the lack mm-hmm. of someone who was just... Caring. Caring. <laughs> and trying to... Keep the family together. Yeah. Every family needs someone like that. Yeah. The mom friend, I guess. Yes. Nowadays, yeah. it would be the mom friend. It would. She'd call it the angel friend. Yes. <laughs> no agenda but love. Mm-hmm. No agenda but love. Yeah. That's a good thing. It is. That's Jonathan Larson, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so while Seems you're still like... crying, you want to talk about Jonathan Larson? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who we really should look up. We really should. Um, apparent, but part of the thing about Rent is that um, Jonathan Larson died a well, couple of weeks before it opened on Off Broadway. And I don't know if this is part of every production of Rent, but um, throughout the one that we watched, there were like various quotes from him that were just shown on the screen. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. Yes. A person who could put that much joy in the face of death is amazing. Yes. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, that's like completely so brave. Yeah, it really is. To look in the abyss. I mean, and existential <laughs> despair is one of those human intellectual things where you, I mean... You stay up late some nights in fear. Mm-hmm. And, but to actually be carrying around the weight of your own death. And to know that it's there. And to still and... want to leave a message like that. Yeah. And to be able to. And then to not be able to see it. See it. Yeah. Wow. So thank you, Jonathan Larson. And yes, thank you. You've inspired... Yeah, he's inspired so many people mm-hmm. and now he's inspired us yes that's a good place to wrap it up probably yes, <laughs> so yeah um so thank you for listening um watch rent because yeah it's a good message for these times um take it, care of your friends tell them you love them yes. <laughs> um yeah tell people and be alive and be joyful and help people and um 
and sing. <laughs> yes, sing and dance and <laughs> be human, human. Be human. Well, um, <laughs> all right. We've been watching the new season of One Day at a Time, so that's what we'll be podcasting next because about next because mm-hmm. Elena is the lesbian icon we all need. Yes, <laughs> and Sid, go Sid. And Sid. Yes. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening. Um, drop us a voice message or look us up on Twitter or something. Check out Kristen Burt's interview with Roberto Roldan, which I'll put in, or Robert Roldan, which I'll put on the um, Patreon Patreon page. Mm -hmm. You can be a Patreon of us, or you can just listen to the podcast and drop us a hey somewhere. But drop us a hey somewhere so we know you're listening. Yeah. Um, Take care, be well, and live every day. This is Michelle. This is Gail. And we are signing off. Take care.